Hello, it's Melissa Botello and welcome to the Biswell Podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about emotional intelligence or EQ. Maybe you've heard about it. It came out more than 10 years ago, or at least the big rage did. It is very much part of corporate America and emotional intelligence, otherwise known as EQ, is the ability to understand, use, and manage your own emotions in a positive way to relieve stress, communicate effectively, to empathize with others, and overcome challenges and defuse conflict. Emotional intelligence helps us build stronger relationships, succeed at school or work, and achieve our personal and professional goals. It can also help you to connect with your feelings, turn intention into action, and make informed decisions based on what matters most to you. I bring this up because I've studied it quite a bit at the uh, office over the last five to 10 years. It's become part of our fiber in terms of expectations of our teams and what our organization expects of us. And really, again, it's all about those emotions and we all have them. It's important to have those emotions, but how they show up and how they affect other people around you. So the first time I took a course in this some years back, the instructor said to us, let's explore the different ranges of emotions. So everything from happy to sad and everything in between. And so write down some different emotions. Well, I only could write down four or five. It was like happy, sad, frustrated, afraid. I don't know, there's maybe one or two others. After that, she took out the sheet of paper that showed us a intensity of feelings, everything from happy, sad, angry, confused, afraid, weak, strong, and shame. And then under each one of those, for example, like happy, there was a high, medium, and mild emotion. So for the very high of happy would be elated or excited. And the very mild lower end of happy could be mellow or pleased but everywhere in between there's a bunch of these emotions and they show up, right? They show up in our relationships, they show up at work, they show up with our kids. So that's why today I'm gonna dig in just a little bit to what emotional intelligence is, what you should know about it, and if you wanna dig in further some recommendations to some great books. So there are about four categories or attributes of emotional intelligence and they fall into these four buckets. So I'll I'll list them off here and then I'll go back into them, each one a little bit in more detail. So the first one is about self-management. Next is self-awareness, social awareness, and relationship management. So let's dig in. What does that mean exactly? Self-management. This is your ability to control impulsive feelings and behaviors and manage your emotions in a healthy way. So an example might be your boss comes in, tells you that he's, he or she is very upset. You missed a deadline or the work you produced was not good enough. What do you feel immediately? You feel going back to that that uh, range of emotions, you feel angry. And I mean at the high, not at the medium or mild. I mean, you feel angry, like furious or outraged. You've worked so hard. But self-management is how you manage those emotions in that moment. How you take the initiative, how you follow through with your communications, and how how you do in that moment. So that's a definition of self-management. Self-awareness is your recognizing your own emotions. So going back to that moment when your boss walks in, tells you something, you become furious or outraged, but how do you manage this? How do you recognize it? Do you feel yourself, your neck getting hot? You're you're sweating. All of a sudden you feel like your fists are clenched, but do you recognize that? And if you do, how do you handle it? 
how, so recognizing your own emotions and how they affect your thoughts and behaviors. You know your strengths and weaknesses and you have self-confidence. So if you have this self-awareness or do you just pop off, like your boss tells you something and then you just go from one to 10 and you pop off and you don't even recognize your emotions. You don't even recognize that you became angry or frustrated. You just go off. That's lack of self-awareness. Okay, the next one, social awareness. So what that means is you have empathy and you can understand the emotions, needs, and concerns of other people. And you pick up on emotional cues. You might feel uncomfortable uh, or recognize people. You see them in your team or, or maybe it's your children or your spouse and they're very quiet and you know they're looking down. They're not making eye contact. Do you notice those things? If you do, you're probably very high in social awareness. And the last category is relationship management. And this is you know how to develop and maintain good relationships, communicate clearly, inspire and influence others. You work well in a team, you manage conflict. So there's uh, some different uh, programs, things online, books you can go through and take some tests to see where you fall in all of these areas. So to truly improve your ability in the four emotional intelligence skill areas that I just mentioned, you need to better understand each skill and what it looks like in action. The four emotional intelligence skills pair up under two primary competencies, personal competencies and social. Personal competencies are made up of that self-awareness, right? So it's self-management and self-awareness. The only way to genuinely understand your emotions is to spend enough time thinking through them to figure out where they come from and why they're there. Emotions always serve a purpose because they are our reactions to the world around us, emotions always come up for some reason. If you know you've got a hot button that in and or you know that you get upset over certain situations, that might be when you want to start to dig in and analyze those emotions. Many times emotions seem to arise out of thin air, like you're fine, everything's great, and then something happens. Many times emotions seem to arise out of thin air, and it's important to understand why something gets a reaction out of you. People who do this can cut to the core of a feeling quickly. Situations can create strong emotions, will always require more thought. And these prolonged periods of self-reflection often keep us from doing something that we might regret. Self-awareness is not about discovering deep, dark secrets or unconscious motivations, but rather it comes from developing a straightforward and honest understanding of what makes you tick. People high in self-awareness are remarkably clear in their understanding of what they do well, what motivates and satisfies them, which people and situations push their buttons. Self-awareness is a fundamental skill. When you have it, self-awareness makes the other emotional intelligence skills much easier to use. As self-awareness increases, people's satisfaction with life, defined as their ability to reach their goals at work and at home, skyrockets. There's a statistics that self-awareness is so important for job performance that 83% of people high in self-awareness are top performers and just 2% of the bottom performers are high in in self-awareness. So I'm going to read two scenarios of what self-awareness looks like. So the first one's an example. His name is Dave. He's a regional service manager. His self-awareness score was 95. But people who work with him say, quote, Dave has clear long-term goals and he doesn't make sacrifices for 
short-term gains. Dave is upfront, quote, kind of guy who doesn't play mind games with people. I have witnessed this at the company meetings and in meetings with his customers, quote. Next quote, the best example I can provide for Dave is his move to our company. I'm sure there was an intense desire to make changes within the local team right out of the gate, but Dave took extra care to diagnose the situation, the team, and the customer prior to offering suggestions or mandates. And the last quote and why he got a high score, in short, Dave manages his emotions. They don't manage him. I've seen him accept difficult business news with a brief frown, and then he quickly moves beyond and partners with his team to find solutions. So that's somebody talking about this manager with uh, three different scenarios on how and why he manages very well with his self-awareness. Now, the next one is an example of a lady uh, manager who scored a 90, which was quite a bit lower than the previous example I just read. So what people uh, who work with her have to say on Maria, she's a human resource manager, quote, in every situation that I've been involved with, good or bad, Maria has always remained calm, cool, and collected. Even at times when I know she must felt frustrated or angry, Maria is really honest about what she is feeling without getting bent out of shape. When faced with a difficult situation, she knows how to be firm and still kind at the same time. Next quote, she is open and authentic at all times, and it's so meaningful to everyone that she interacts with. I would suggest that Maria not change. However, she can get a bit tough, tougher soon on some, in some cases. She is aware of this and watches to ensure that she does not let kindness get in the way. And the last quote, during challenging situations with employees, Maria is very aware of her tone and makes an effort to keep the conversation appropriate. People here trust her. So just some examples of what people say. If they, if someone were to talk to your family, friends, or your business associates, what would they say about your emotions and how you show up? It would be interesting, huh? Now here's an example of what lack of self-awareness looks like. This is Tina. She's a marketing manager with a lower score of self-awareness. What people had to say. Quote, on occasion, Tina's stress and sense of urgency are projected or pushed on other people. It would be good for her to better understand how her behaviors affect others' work and emotional stress. Also, she sometimes comes across as defensive or aggressive. So for her to be more aware of her tone and language would be helpful. Interesting. Okay. Next one about Tina, what they say about her. When things are going well for Tina, her emotional intelligence skills are strong. She needs to learn to read her herself and recognize her triggers so that she can respond more effectively when triggered. And the last quote, quote says, Tina needs to become aware of how she is perceived. She can come across as being very demanding, but I don't believe she means to. So I think all of this means that we all have emotions that we show and do we really know how we show up? And it takes asking someone for some honest feedback. It takes um, taking some of these tests and answering questions legitimately and being open to wanting to change. But first of all, it's first uncovering and understanding that self-awareness piece. Okay, so here are some self-awareness strategies that you may try if you're considering you have some opportunity in this area. 
Self-awareness strategies. Number one, quit treating your feelings as they're good or bad. So if you're angry or happy, you don't need to label it as good or bad. It's just your emotions and that's okay. Observe the ripple effect your emotions have. So if you say something to someone with an aggressive tone or you snap, observe the ripple effect. How did that affect that person that you spoke to? Were they quiet afterwards? Did they shut down? Did they end the conversation? Observe that ripple effect. Number three, lean into your discomfort. So this means if you're feeling emotional and you know that you are, you can acknowledge it. You could say, I'm ready for a timeout. You know, keep a journal about your emotions, lean into them and better understand them. Know who and what pushes your buttons. This was one interesting for me. I really had to take some time because at first I thought, oh, you know, nobody, I don't have any major buttons. But really when I sat down and spent some time, I realized some things and I'll give you an example. So this week I attended a meeting. It was a first time meeting with a new colleague who joined the company about four months ago came in. She waved me into her office. She was still on the phone. I thought she was literally hanging up or I would have stood outside. She remained on the phone after she gestured me to sit down for a few minutes. I sat down. I was there probably three or four minutes before she got off the phone. That just set the tone. I felt that that was rude and disrespectful. So I felt myself getting a little bit frustrated as one of those emotions, but I was trying to let it go, keep a smile on my face and not, I was trying to, I was self-aware. I was self-aware that I was feeling frustrated. So I was trying not to show it. So about halfway through the meeting, about 15 minutes in, her cell phone rings. Her cell phone rings, she looks down and she picks it up. She doesn't gesture to me or say, pardon me, or I'm sorry, this is an emergency. She just picked it up and she said, hello. And she listened for a few minutes and then said, I'm in a meeting. Okay, okay, all right, I'm in a meeting. And then they kept talking probably for about two minutes. And I felt livid. I just felt it was so disrespectful. Didn't even acknowledge it before or afterwards. And so knowing who and what pushes your buttons. So that to me, you know, being disrespectful to someone in a meeting is a hot button. I was very aware of what I was feeling. I was trying to manage it. I even thought about it the next day. I was going to send her a note as just a, you know, I was going to express my frustrations. I have thought better of it since and have not, but that's a whole nother um, podcast episode on really how to, to manage these relationships, right? Communicate clearly. I might do with her at some point about that, but um, going back to this list of strategies, know who and what pushes your buttons. So then you can prepare ahead of time. If, if I go into this next meeting, I know that this is who she is. I'm going to prepare for it. So it doesn't set me off. Keep a journal about your emotions. Again, like I mentioned here, you know, I'm jotting down what I felt, what happened, what I might do next time, but helping you to identify because some people can't even, are not self-aware. So they can't even recognize when these emotions or what triggered them. So that's that's part of the challenge. And last strategy is seek the feedback. Whomever you are most comfortable with, who will give you that honest feedback that you won't be defensive to and you'll be open to hearing it. Everything you see, including yourself, is through your own lens. And the problem is your lens is trained by your experiences, your beliefs, and without questions, your moods. So your lens prevents you from ever obtaining a truly objective look at yourself. So if you have that trusted confidant partner, ask him or her to help you identify when you are showing these emotions and probably not even aware of it. Self-awareness is the process of getting to know yourself from the inside out and the outside in. And you're probably saying, so why is this so important? Well, if regardless of your company and or your partners, if they don't talk about it, it's really important. 
as we know, it's not the smartest people who are the most successful or the most fulfilled in life. You probably know people who are academically brilliant and yet are socially inept and unsuccessful at work or in their personal relationships. So your intellectual ability or your intelligence IQ isn't enough on its own to achieve success. Yes, your IQ can help you get into that job or that college, but it's your emotional intelligence that will help you manage the stress and emotions when, when facing your projects, deadlines, and or exams if you're in school. Emotional intelligence affects you across the board if you know it or not. It affects your performance at work. High emotional intelligence can help you navigate the social complexities of the workplace. It can help you lead and motivate others, and it'll help you excel in your career. In fact, when it comes to the important candidates that we see at our office, many companies, including mine, now rate emotional intelligence as an important technical skill and people are looking for it. Is it important? Your physical health. If you're unable to manage your emotions, you're probably not managing your stress either. And this can lead to serious health problems. Uncontrolled emotions and stress can also impact your mental health, making you vulnerable to anxiety and or depression. If you're unable to understand, get comfortable with or manage your emotions, you will also struggle to form strong relationships. Speaking of relationships, it will affect your relationships. By understanding your emotions and how to control them, you're better able to express how you feel and understand how others are feeling. This allows you to communicate more effectively and forge stronger relationships, both at work and at home. So if this sounds like something you want to learn more about and interested in, just Google emotional intelligence. There's a ton of things out there on the, on the internet. There are online surveys that you can take to see where you score high and where you might score on the lower end. There's a fantastic book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Travis Bradbury. It's a great little handy book. It has lots of exercises inside. And again, you can take a look at that map, which talks about exploring the range of your emotions. So there's all kinds of information out there, but I would highly recommend if it's not something that you've been thinking about, maybe you brush up on it. It is so important for so many aspects of your life. Thank you for listening today about emotional intelligence on the Biswell podcast. Send me a line. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a picture of it and share it on your social media, uh, the Biswell podcast. Thanks again. And until next time.